0: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Have you ever noticed that some people are outstandingly gifted storytellers? Whether it's a parent or a grandparent who can tell captivating stories to their children or grandchildren, or that person who is the life of a dinner party because they can bring a story to life. And some people have this special gift. So it's something that perhaps some are born with or is it something that's developed? And if it is developed, how can you get the right training for you to become a great storyteller? And what about the whole dimension that being a storyteller prepares you for a significant role in being a messenger of the gospel because amazingly told stories are planted deep in our hearts, our minds and our memories that can shape us as people. Well, Francois Vandervoelt is running a Bible storytelling seminar under Wycliffe Bible Translators over the Easter weekend in Queensland. Francois is joining us to talk about storytelling. Hello, Francois. Welcome to 2020. Hi,
1: Neil. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: Francois, Bible storytelling, is this just one area that needs to be developed so much more significantly in people's lives because perhaps we're not as good at this as we ought to be?
1: Neil, I came across uh, Bible storytelling in 2011 and I all of a sudden realized that during that training course I actually told more people about Jesus, and I'm talking of people I haven't met before, than I told people about Jesus in my entire life. And the simple fact is I learned stories that was in my memory, deep memory, in my heart in fact, And it was very easy to tell people that story um, where anything else was just very difficult and complex.
0: Well, we'd all know from our church experience that some of the best preachers are great storytellers. So what is so special about this capacity to be able to tell good stories, Francois?
1: Well, we train people to... First of all, uh, craft stories that's memorable, that's accurate, and succinct or simple. And um, I can give you a quick example.
0: Uh, let's go with an example. What's a good one for us?
1: Well, here's one, and uh, normally when I finish telling it, I ask people, is this a story from the Bible or did I trick you? Okay. King ahaziah fell through a trellis, and he hurt himself badly. So he called one of his messengers, and he said to him, go to Akron and ask the God of Akron, will I come out of this alive? So the messenger set off to the God of Akron, and on his way, all of a sudden, there was a man in front of him, and he said, go back to your king and tell him, is there no God in Israel that you sent a messenger to the God of Akron? Because you've done that, you're going to die. When the messenger got back to the king, and told the king, the king called another, called an officer and said, take 50 men and go and fetch Elijah. I'm sure it's Elijah. So the officer took 50 men. And when he got to where Elijah was sitting on top of a hill, he said, "O oh man of God, the king said, I must take you to him. Elijah looked down on him and said, if I'm the man of God, let fire from heaven fall and kill you. Oof fire comes from heaven and killed all the people. When the king heard that, he called another officer and said, listen, take 50 men and go and fetch Elijah right now. When the officer got where Elijah was sitting on top of a hill, he said to Elijah, oh, man of God, the king said, I must take you to him. He said, if I'm the man of God, may fire from heaven come and devour you. All gone. A third time, the king called an officer and said, take 50 men and bring Elijah to me right now. When this officer reached Elijah, he fell on his knees. Oh, king, oh, oh, man of God, please do not kill me. But the king want to see you. At that point, God said to Elijah, go with him. I'll protect you. So Elijah came down from the hill and went with this man, with this officer to the king. And when he got to the king, he said, Is there no God in Israel that you send a messenger to the God of Akron? Because you've done that, you're going to die. And the king died shortly thereafter.
0: Okay. All right. So, part of your story, and some listeners will recognize the story, but when you tell sure. that story to a group of people, churched and unchurched, there's this yep. element of, is this a Bible story? Could this really yep. happen? So let us in on, uh, on the on on whether this is a Bible story.
1: Well, it's actually written down in 2 Kings 1, so it is, in fact, a Bible story. And when you now, tell means- it
0: the way you do, Francois, the whole uh, issue with storytelling is that a picture is being painted in the minds of the hearers, and that's very powerful.
1: That is a very descript- good description, and you can see it's memorable. I would say that, about 70 or 80 or 90% of your listeners would be able to tell that story in its essence uh, straight off, just after hearing it once. Imagine if you heard it two or three or four times or go and read it in the Bible again.
0: Or, or, if you were were upon, or if you were called upon to tell that story to a group uh, that are a part of your church or a part of an outreach that you were going to be a part of.
1: Absolutely. So this is not a, I have to admit, this is not a typical story because it doesn't necessarily show God's grace and so on. But even so, um, we use it also to teach people how to do a complete Bible um, study by five very carefully crafted questions. So I would typically, even after I told this story, go into it, what did you learn about God in this story? And try and get almost 20 answers from a group of people. You know, um, God is jealous. God, do not like other gods, and and so on and so on. You you can just, if you just keep on insisting you want answers, people will come up with a lot of things that they learned from the story about God. You then ask a second question. What did you learn about the people? Well, there's a king, there's uh, Elijah, there's uh, the officers, lots of things that you can learn from those people. Um, A third question, then, it's a very interesting question. What did you like in the story? And some people will say they liked stuff, and others would be a bit dubious. And then here's a very clever question. Some people may object against the story. What would that objection be? And people would say, this is a very harsh story, and I can't believe that God will do this, and so on. But you get that objection out, and you can... At least face it. And then the last one is what will change in your life now that you actually know the story? And so it becomes very personal. Um, I've seen, I've myself hold Bible studies in exactly this way. I've friends of mine using home, uh, Bible studies the same way. And it's a, it's a incredible method to actually learn a lot from the Bible.
0: And you mentioned when you first did a course on learning how to tell stories well, uh, that weekend uh, you had shared the gospel with more people uh, than you had done in many, many years before. I think,
1: Neil, the reality is I grew up as a Christian. And I think if I take, I've got four children and I've certainly shared the gospel with them, but I would struggle to fill my, both my hands with people that I actually told the gospel to. And I'm not, I'm not talking of family that, or other church members or some, somebody like that. But part of the course is actually going out into the marketplace and actually ask people, can I tell you a story? It is from the Bible. And I'm always amazed at how people are eager to hear. And sometimes they would even say, do you know another story? Um, and you would be able to tell two or three Stories. And it's not just focused around children. As you can hear, these stories are certainly not focused around children.
0: François, just reflect for a few moments on how you feel people are today in an age of technology, because... We sometimes think of people as being literate learners. In other words, we read and we absorb. Others are oral learners. And so people who are involved in missionary work recognise that if people are not very literate, uh, then they have to tell stories to be able to communicate. You think that oral learning is really on the rise in places like Australia? I
1: think uh, that in, in the younger generation, they've adopted an oral learning style I take myself, I like to work on a car, and I used to buy the car manual and read the car manual. Now I immediately Google it and look on a YouTube clip exactly how it's done. So not through a literal uh, technology that that I learn anymore. I've And similar, I'm sure, Neil, you, you know that the radio is taken up by more and more people. People enjoy learning orally or just hearing orally while they're busy with something else um, as opposed to take a book and read it
0: and there's a lot um, of ways that you can use to teach people not just in a uh, evangelistic sense of of sharing a story that draws attention to the gospel but also taking people through a complete bible study
1: or a whole or a whole series i'm right now in in our congregation actually busy working through the whole of acts And um, every alternative Sunday I'm working through a whole series of virtues like love and um, uh, Jesus that washes us and so on and so on. And all of that is done in this Bible storytelling type fashion.
0: You've got a course that you are preparing now to teach at Easter time in Mansfield in Queensland. This sort of thing that we've been talking about today, this is the sort of introduction you'll give, no doubt, and it'll get deeper from there.
1: Yep, it is actually run over the complete four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Um, And it's a course that I've now been giving myself for four or five years, and... We are about six or seven or eight or maybe ten people that do provide these courses throughout Australia through Wycliffe. Um, so it's a very well, nice, structured course. Um, one of the interesting things is for the first day or two days probably, you're not allowed to write down anything. So everything become oral. Whatever you want to learn, you've got to hear it and put it in your memory. There's no chance of writing it down, and I'll go and read it later. So it makes some people quite uncomfortable, but some other people just say, oh, this is what I do anyway, so let's go for it.
0: You'll be teaching this particular course in Queensland, and you've got plans to teach more courses around Australia later this year. No doubt you'll be interested to hear from people who might want to have a storytelling course in their church or in their wider community. It might be a combined churches gathering to do something like this. Uh, for people to be in touch with you, uh, you are interested, aren't you, uh, to actually make contact with people who'd like to have a storytelling course like this in their church?
1: Absolutely, Neil. They can call me directly, 419 Alternatively, you can just Google Wycliffe Storytelling or Wycliffe Bible Storytelling and you should get all the information there that you need. I'd be very excited to talk to anyone that are interested in these courses within their community or in their church or even on a personal level.
0: Well, we'll certainly point people... We'll certainly point people to Wycliffe Bible Storytelling and there is a Wycliffe website, wycliffe.org.au and uh, if there are those who want to be in touch with you, they might like to uh, uh, let me know too. We'll pass on your details to them as well. Francois Vandervault and wycliffe.org.au, that connecting website, uh, to be a part of a Bible Storytelling Uh, seminar that could be run in your church. Uh, Francois, thanks so much for taking some time to share your uh, thoughts and your understanding about Bible storytelling with us today on 2020.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity, Neil. May God bless you richly. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported.